0: So The Solution of Real Estate Podcast, where normally Jeff Seabach and myself, Phil Sexton, sit down with a guest and chat about the wonderful world that we live in here, being real estate. But today, Jeff's out of town. And so I have the pleasure of being able to uh, interview, to, to learn about, to hear the story from Stephanie Gillison,
1: who is from Kentucky. Stephanie, do you still live in Kentucky? I do every day, unless I'm traveling for the, for eXp.
0: For eXp. And so now you are the director of growth for eXp Commercial.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes.
0: Awesome. Which is a relatively new company.
1: Yeah, you know, a year in operation
0: a year in operation. You were there in the beginning to help get eXp Commercial set up. You have helped grown them to be now in the top 15 largest commercial brokerages in the country. And so I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you and hear your story and how this opportunity came up. And now the fact that you've taken off with it, I'm excited to chat. So uh, thank you, first of all, for being here, Stephanie.
1: Thank you, Phil. I appreciate it.
0: Why the heck, as a 21-year-old college grad, were you like you know what, commercial real estate is what I want to do.
1: You know, it's funny because my background, my my degree is political science. And so I was on my path to going to law school, August of 1999. And during my whole college curriculum, I really got involved in, it's funny, I took a job doing exit interviews at all the, the polling. Okay, so I got I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, which, you know, compared to some other metropolitan cities, isn't that big. But compared to rural Kentucky, it is that big. And so I found myself through all different hills and hollers and all these different things and really seeing what rural Kentucky was about and understanding why it was rural. And it's funny because you know, later we'll probably all have a cocktail like many of us in real estate do and have some good times. But I stumbled upon the fact that every town that I went to that was underdeveloped and struggling, there wasn't any alcohol sales. They were dry counties, meaning you couldn't buy alcohol. You couldn't go to the tavern. You couldn't go to a restaurant. You you drove, you know, into the next city, so to speak. To get alcohol and so I'm sitting here and I'm talking to one of my college professors and I'm like what if we were able to take a county in the state of Kentucky that wanted to grow we convinced them that they needed a pass that alcohol sales maybe in just the restaurant form would then open up a new industry new business new everything and see what that could do and so we honed in on a county Madison County Kentucky where half of it was wet the other half was dry and where it was dry there was nothing but like a Big Lots and not even a Walmart. There wasn't even, you know, there was a Cracker Barrel. I think everybody has a Cracker Barrel, right? (laughs) There was really, you know, some fast food, but there wasn't anything. And so all of a sudden we started working on the fact of if we were able to do this, what could happen and what could flourish? And so that is my path really, honestly, uh, Phil, was to become a lobbyist and take lobbying to the DC area, you know, lobby for The distilleries in Kentucky, you know, our our fine bourbon that we have, and then see the growth happen. And so after I experienced that, I thought, okay, now hotels want to come in, uh, franchise restaurants want to come in, you know, bars wanted to open, life wanted to happen. And then I thought, okay, now all of this development is going to happen. So really, I got involved in commercial real estate because I loved the side of being the developer, taking, you know, fresh ground and turning it into what what it is that we could turn it into and you know that was a lot of things it was multifamily, it was strip retail centers it was freestanding restaurants you know then hotels everything like that to just watch a town flourish and I'm not saying that we all need alcohol but I don't think the state of California has one dry area does it
0: I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I doubt it let me tell you that I'm not sure that I would know if it did <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so really, that, that is honestly, that is how I got involved in really saying, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to get my real estate license. Because if I have this ability to take influence and, and change people's mind and then see businesses want to come in and develop, then I want to be a developer.
0: Right. And as you see that opportunity, you're like, why not me?
1: Right. I mean, why here, not here me? You
0: are 21 year old. Like, I mean, let's be real. One of the things that I, I have your bio I just didn't have, I mean, I only have, you know, 30 to 45 minutes to talk to you today. So I didn't want to spend all the time reading your accolades, but I'm going to go with one of the freshest ones that I think is impressive. And that is that you are the reigning winner, the 2022 winner of the Globe Street Women of Influence for Commercial Real Estate Award.
1: Absolutely. And, and My- you know, that that's huge, you know years ago, I think it was 2003, I got 30 under 30 in the nation uh, from NAR, National Association of Realtors. And that was huge for me too, because I was a 23-year-old, right? To get that based on production, to get that based on influence back then. Um, But something that we've all struggled with, or I've struggled with in commercial real estate and in development both, and still to this day, is is the actual let's take women seriously in the commercial real estate space and so i've always wanted to take every any platform i've ever built to put myself on i've wanted to make sure that we're paving that path for other people to dream and not be worried about the ability to to be successful in an industry because let me tell you something and my husband will tell you this there is nothing meaner in this world than a woman in commercial real estate
0: No, I um I don't I don't I don't even want to wait for the cocktail. Like, do you? Is there a staple story that you have where you walked into a room and you could just see the surprise that these the, men were looking at you? Like, what is a woman doing here?
1: The every day, all day long. You know, I mean, yeah. it's so funny because a lot of my majority of all of my clients in in this industry that I you know I mean, gosh, I'm going on my twenty fourth year almost, and are men. You know, they're my clients and they hire me. Over and over again because they know I can GSD get shit done, right? And so, but part of that had to be with 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 having this level of of you know pounding my chest a little bit, right? And and putting putting people in their place, you know. Just recently, uh, I was developing. I bought fifty acres uh, in between, right on the edge of the Ohio River, just a little bit north of of Louisville, and 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 the highest the highest. income district of the state of Kentucky. And, you know, we're in a restaurant and I'm overhearing some, some chatter because, you know, sometimes developers are looked at as, oh my gosh, they're, you know, they're, they're taking the last park that, you know, whatever. And, uh, and this was a dilapidated farm. I I actually rescued it out of its misery and, um, you know, have built luxury, multi-million dollar luxury uh, homes and then brought up all the home values around it, and people that surrounded it that didn't want the development to happen because they always want to look at a field with a horse. Um, you know this this gentleman, and I call him a gentleman, really he's he's not, but he said there's no woman that needs to be developing dirt. I mean, what does she think? The funny thing about that is, is that normally you would let things like that pass by, right? But me hearing that, my husband going, ah, just let it go, let it go. I politely paid their bill, made sure that they knew who paid their bill and I I walked over and I said let me let me explain something to you sir. I said look that is that's what you believe and that's your thought process and I get that you're 65 years old and you've had your AARP membership for quite some time but let me tell you something. My dad didn't teach me how to drive a car at 16. He taught me how to operate a backhoe at 5. Have you ever been on a backhoe, sir? Leave yeah. it alone, right? Yeah, you know, get it's challenging, them. not, not being a, you know, a, a, a total, you know what, but, um, but you have to be able to stand up for yourself. But a part of that is you have to have lived the experience. You know, it, there's one thing people mouth off words, but if you don't have the experience to back it up, it doesn't mean anything. So I've always made sure to show that I've had that experience to back it up.
0: When I've chatted with you about eXp commercial, even, even like when I saw you, you were on stage when I, actually when I first met you, we chatted in a hallway, not knowing that you were the Stephanie that was about <laughs> to be on stage. Let me just be real. And then after, when you were up on stage and you did the presentation about eXp commercial, you, your story, uh, your experience is so interweaved into the eXp commercial that like anybody that's sitting there, whether they think it or not, here is a woman that is standing up in front of us all that is about to explain EXP commercial. Oh, I've seen women stand up in front of rooms of realtors before to explain things where they're really just a, a marketing rep. Like I thought you were right. just going to be a sales rep. And when you started to talk about not just that 50 acre parcel, but like the, the, the experience that you had in the business, guilty, right? Like, oh, they went, they got somebody for real, not just a right. salesperson that they're putting up in front of us. And like, how did, how do you, how are you even able to balance that? Like the fact that you do both and you're the director of growth here.
1: Well, you know, here's the first thing, Phil, When, when I came into the, to the business, I tried to find my spot at every commercial firm that would allow me to walk through the door to ask, to ask, do you have a space here for me? Yes. I'm new to real estate, but here's my experience. And every one of them said, look, we don't have time. We don't train, you know. If you want to follow him around or something, you know that that's all we can really do for you. And you know, people say to this day, well, you have a chip on your shoulder. No, that is the fuel that's that's the fire in my belly that makes it want to be right for everybody else. If one of those pert people had taken me serious in 1999, they would have had one hell of the biggest, baddest rock star they ever had in production. But they didn't see it. They didn't want to see it because. How in the world could a 21-year-old, whether I'm female, male, or, or whatever, I don't even know if that mattered as much as the youth in it, um, think about if they had taken me seriously. And you know that happened time and time again. And so from that day forward, I didn't have a chip on my shoulder. I had that fire in my belly that said, I will make this work. You know, I will cold call. I have built a level of, you know, when I was building my career, it was every day, I get up at four. I have a thought process. I plan out exactly what every moment of that day is going to be. And starting at 8 a.m., it was cold calls. I didn't have a sphere of influence. I didn't have family members to call on. I didn't have anyone in the business that I could have relied on. So, hey, I started, you know, reading back then, not even Googling because, I mean, the internet was there, but not really to, to what we have now. And I thought, okay, how can I do this? And so I'm reading cold call, cold call, you know. So, driving around, getting in my car, cold calling, finding opportunities, and pounding the pavement is what I call it. Um, I always said, if ever, ever, ever I'm in, in a situation where I can turn this on its head and make it right for anybody, I don't care if you're 18 years old or if you're 80 years old, if you want to learn how to be successful in commercial real estate, if we could build a company like that and take it nationwide, that's what I want to do, even if it requires me, which it does, giving up making money somewhere else. It's a passion. It's, it's a way of, you know, I figured out how to make enough money in this world, right? I have built a team. They're doing all of the transactions. They're amazing. They're, they're in Atlanta today working on a massive restaurant deal, um, you know, with a seven-figure commission attached to it. Uh, they know how to run that side of the business. I can kind of see it, but I don't have to be in it every day. And when you can build the right team to where it works with or without you in it, that's when you know you've succeeded. So the day I recognized that my team was just as strong with me in it or with me out of it, that was the day that it was okay for me to put, because people say that all the time, why in the world do you want a job? it's not a, I'm not here for a paycheck. I I mean, you know, Jason guessing will tell you they wouldn't even have to pay me to do this. This is a legacy. This is about the legacy. This is about what do we do to, I can develop anything I want 50 years from now, nobody's going to remember who developed that. Right. But if I can change the industry or help, help change the industry, that's what I want to do. I'm 44 years old. You got to be thinking about what is your legacy?
0: That's awesome. Wow. I'm like digesting all of that before I jump to the next question, right? Because I think that that is um, like, here I, I'm standing in, how old am I? I'm 41. I'm right there with you. Like what it's almost like, show me the bigger, the bigger problems or the bigger fun, like the bigger opportunities that are attached to it, like keep you engaged, whether it's with or without the cash that like what you're talking about. That's cool. Absolutely. How many different Commercial real estate brokerages, have you been at before eXp commercial?
1: Uh, So here's a great story for you. So no commercial brokerage took me. Um, And so I had a friend, two friends in high school. They were sisters and we played field hockey together. One was one year uh, younger than me. One was one year older than me. I remembered their dad was in real estate. So I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, hey, your dad's still in real estate. Oh, yeah. And I said, hey, I got my license. Oh, we'd love to have you. So he calls me and he knows nothing about commercial real estate. He knew how to sell, resell houses. And that was it. And I said, listen, what's my split going to be? Because I don't need, I'm just going to go figure this out. I just need a place to hang my license. So I was there. He let me do my own thing. I did a 70-30 split. They didn't even have but one computer in the entire office. Um, it it was, it's, I mean, you think 1999, but it was like dinosaur S back then, you know? And so I just started doing my routine of, of driving around, finding opportunities, making the cold calls. And finally I landed a pretty decent size developer who was looking to buy up as much land as they could to either build all kinds of things. We did office parks. We did retail uh, strip centers. We took some of the land and it was multifamily. We took some of the land, it was condos. We took some of the family and it was residential. And so early on, I made sure to do it all. I was a 21 year old. I had to make a living, okay? I left college. I was a musician in college. I left cl- uh, college with $43,000. I had saved up $43,000 playing music in college. It was all in a Reebok shoebox, believe it or not, okay? Okay.
0: Reebok. So, that rhymes with shoebox. Reebok shoe oh, yeah. box.
1: I'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And they so, must've been the pumps. So yeah, yeah, no. So <laughs> it wasn't even my shoe box. It was like my roommate. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, that's where my cash was. So I came back to Louisville. I put it in the bank, I bought a house, bought my first house and, um, and, and went to work because that's all I had. So I had to make something happen within my first six months Um, my first commission that I made was $153,000 and I knew, and then I gave him 30% of it. But remember there was nothing there in that office. There was, uh, um, I'm 21 at the time. There was a woman, she was about 54 and she had a broker's license, but she didn't really do much real estate. She didn't have to, it was kind of like a hobby. And I just went to her one day and I said, listen, what? You know, why don't you utilize your broker's license? And she said, Well, I mean, you know, I only do like two or three deals a year and mostly for family. And I said, What if we started a company? Because in Kentucky, you had to have your license for two and a half years before you could apply for the broker license education. And I said, What if, what if you are the broker, but it's our company? You'll have this much, I'll have this much, and and we leave this place. And she did it. And so I started my first real estate company six months in. I was independent until 2004. That was 1999, right at about 2000 is is when it started. So, 2004, uh, another big brand came knocking. Uh, I had um, 48 agents in that office, I grew it to 48 agents and, um, doing all kinds of business, lots of development deals, working with a lot of different banks, um, had built a great clientele, um, and, a, a, a national brand came knocking and wanted to open up the first in the state of Kentucky. So my company actually got merged into that. And I, my company was part of the launch of that brand in Kentucky. I'm not going to say the brand's name. Um, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs>
0: Okay, good. I like it when you don't say the name, then we get the truth, right? I want to hold on real quick, because one of the things that I want to let all of our listeners know is you're going to come back on Monday to do a live Q&A with
1: us. So
0: anybody that's listening to your story that has questions about commercial, that has questions about EXP commercial or just commercial real estate in general, they can join us on the 13th. It's June 13th, 2022, depending on when you're listening to this. At 1 p.m. Pacific time. There's a link in the comments if you want to register. If you'd like to come in to ask Stephanie your questions about commercial, please join us. Otherwise, you can go to the comment section on the podcast or on YouTube, wherever you guys are listening to this, and you can see the recording of that live Q&A so that you can get more information from Stephanie. And I know you're meeting with people um, actively that have questions about EXP commercial. Absolutely. Thank you for my commercial break. Let's get back to your commercial content.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so I ended up having four other uh, business partners in this, this first launch of a brand in Kentucky. And, um, I, I was principal broker. I got, you know, was principal broker of my own firm before merging in and became principal broker of that firm. Um, we built it to 221 agents and fast forward three years later after, after that, um, I was the most unhappy uh, 27, 28 year old I had ever known in my life. And I was the top producer in the office. I was liable for everybody in the office. I was the trainer in the office. I was, you know, it was like I was a mom to all these children and it wasn't what I believed in. Yes, it was a national name, but the problem was, it's just because it was a national name, That didn't mean anything. We were still an independently owned and operated franchise that nobody cared about. And it was so relevant. And there was a lot of different, you know, different struggles, different promises made by corporate things that never happened. And on February 14th of 2008, I walked in. Yep, Happy Valentine's Day. I walked in and I said, buy me out, buy me out. I'm done. I'm I'm done. And I'm going to go back to being independent. I'm going to go back to controlling my own destiny. I'm going to go back to building Stephanie Gillison's company. I don't need to sit here and build all of you. And um, so I walked out the door. It took several years that I owned that office. And I competed with that office because, you know, things, things had to happen legally and all this great stuff. But I went back to being independent. And I really focused on A handful of agents doing a ton of volume and really then focusing in on what was happening in the economy, because slightly after that is when the economy started to go down. So I started building bank relationships. I wanted to make sure that anything that got liquidated, any asset that got liquidated my name was on it. And that was my new mission is going out and landing relationships with banks, which I did. I did. Oh my goodness! Well, well, into over 500 liquidations for banks. And when I say that, I'm not talking about individualized properties. I'm talking about large transactionals, whether they were massive office buildings, whether we repurposed them, you know, into self-storage and and multifamily and all these different things. But I really then started to focus in on, you know, not only was I the broker selling this asset and representing the bank. But I also really became that asset manager, because a lot of these properties needed to be evolved into something else in order for the bank to liquidate. And so every day I woke up and, and here's a good nugget for each and every one of you that is listening, because we're going to have a different pivot coming up, right? I've already lived through a few of those. yeah, And we're, we're getting ready to have another one. And so I had heard on a radio broadcast where the FDIC, if they saw banks get to 44% of bad assets on their books, then they were in a different uh, basket, so to speak. So then I started subscribing to every financial newspaper, every financial news. I made sure I knew and I'd pick up the phone and I'd call the, the, the president of the bank and I'd say, hey, Billy Wade, I see you're on the naughty list. I have the solution for you. And and the immediate answer every time was like, excuse me? I'm like, no, listen, you know, here's what I do. Not only am I a real estate broker that's going to show you how we maximize, maximize or minimize your loss, basically, because you got to remember, they are all going to lose money. How do we minimize that loss? How do we maximize the return so the loss isn't so drastic that they're out of business, that they're the next countrywide or they're the next, you know, whoever fell under. And so that was what I focused in on. And I did that in multiple states. And I built this massive team. I had paralegals. Uh, Then we actually worked with banks to, instead of waiting for the bank to take over the asset, we actually went to that owner and, and started doing negotiations of the debt. Uh, to see if they could save it. So, so, so in that experience, I became a planning and zoning specialist. I became an engineer, so to speak. I became all kinds of, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, all kinds of different roles and, and built a knowledge base that I could then apply it anywhere. And then I was making all this money. So everybody says I lost everything, not me, but they say they lost, you know, when the market turned. That's when I understood what wealth was all about because I was able to take all those opportunities and turn them into something positive, which again, my team is already set up to do when it changes this time because all those relationships, that's what I told them last week. I've got a 23-year-old that's on my team and I said, "Look, here's the list. This is the keys to my kingdom. Start making the phone calls, start re- reminding them who we are, because we want to be in first position when this happens. And this is our specialty. Nice. So you always, you know, that that's the successful of, of, of truly building a, a real estate career and in commercial real estate, you always hear about the product specialty types. I've done office, I've done leasing, I've done retail, I've done, people would normally call me a generalist, but then I re, and I remind them, no, I'm not a generalist. I know how to look at the opportunity and turn it into money for myself and for whoever, whether it's that property owner or whether it's that bank. And, you know, it's all about the NOI, right? And so there is a lot of different product specialty types. If somebody reached out to me and said, look, I want to buy... 60 multifamily complexes that are 20 to 400 key doors, I would refer them to a multifamily specialist. That doesn't excite me one bit. I like the hard stuff and I like to be the problem solver. That's where you can charge the biggest amount of money.
0: <laughs> can you guys see why I asked her to be on the podcast? Like, let's go. <laughs> um, so then you're in the, so then you are, you're killing it. You're running your team and you happen to be friends with maybe Glenn Sanford sure i know Maybe Glenn. Just guessing. Absolutely. like how, how did how did the exp commercial like at some point somebody pitched you on exp so, commercial or did you pitch them on they needed it no
1: no no, no 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 so so actually let's let's now go to 2017 so 2008 sell out sell out go back to be an independent 2017 Almost 10 years later, almost, it was November of 2017, I get this random message through LinkedIn from a guy in Chicago who was inquiring on industrial land that I had listed. So this was industrial land on I-65, which is a large, massive interstate that runs through a lot of different states. And it had about 1,500 feet of footage. And so, you know, an Amazon would want that. A Zappos wants that, you know, these, these large, you know, whether they're warehouses or manufacturing, that's what, what this was in particular. He was messaging me out of Chicago. And I thought, hey, this is a good lead. And, and it said, interest, it was a post of the property, an ad on, on LinkedIn. And he messaged and said, you know, I need to talk to you about this and his cell phone number. And I'm like, all right. So I call him right away because, you know, even in commercial real estate, I don't do commercial real estate because I like to work nine to five. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the commercial agent that built my business based on always working, right? Because when, when people don't answer the phone, you know, it stops ringing. And my team answers the phone on the weekends too, by the way. So, so that's kind of a falsehood. If you want to work nine to five, you can do that. It's just, you're going to be limited. So anyway, so I call the guy immediately. And when I call him he's like uh, uh uh like I don't think he expected that I was going to call him. I think I mean he put his phone number there, so that was, you know, the invite. He goes, "Can I call you back? I need to get somebody else on the phone." And I'm like, "Okay." So, 20 minutes later my phone rings and it's him. He said, "Listen, I don't have anybody interested in that property and I'm I'm embarrassed to tell you. I I I don't even know anything about land. He goes, but I got my buddy Rob Campbell on the phone and we want to pitch you something. We want to show you EXP Realty. Well, if he was on this interview and you should probably do that because it's a great story. There was a lot of beep, 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 click. (laughs) Uh Don't ever reach out and act like you're interested in a property to attract an agent. Rule 101, please don't do that. It backfired on him in a big way. (sighs) So anyway, like a week or so goes by, I get this call from somebody else and uh, they said, look, we're going to be in Louisville. Can we have 20 minutes of your time? What's it regarding? My time's valuable. We want to show you something. And if you'll just give us 20 minutes. And I said, you know what? It's fine because I've always had a rule. You, I've seen every brand out there. I've been when I had my independent company, I had multiple offers of my company being purchased by a lot of different brands. And so I've always had the rule, never close a door. If somebody wants to show you something, 20 minutes is not going to kill you. So I let these guys come into my office and what they pitched me was the XP Realty. And it took a lot of different conversations. Um, There were conversations with um some of the the most recognized names in this company at the time in Kentucky EXP Realty had been around 6 years and guess how many agents
0: ooh gosh 47
1: six <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so I look up, you know, I'm like, "What the heck is that?" I didn't know, even know what it was, right? And so I'm looking at it. Then I do my research, and I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" the The prior volume for all of 2017, the six agents, and I apologize if they're still there, but the six agents had done a total sales volume of 353,000.
0: Okay, that's a house. So,
1: yeah. No, yeah. Good. Okay. Good. So, so a lot of different conversations were, were, were taking place, but ultimately what ended up happening is, is they said, listen, do this, become the Kentucky designated managing broker, do a relaunch and build it the way you can build. And so I took them up on that offer. And, and my goal, my goal was I'm going to do this for three months because I don't want to put my brand with something that is not worthy of it. If I'm going to do this, then I'm going to go after every high producing person. My brand was is recognizable. People know me in the marketplace. E, EXP Realty is complete was completely a residential company, but so what? I go after all the residential people. So, that's what we do. So, I actually accept the position on February 5th, 2018 to be the Kentucky Designated managing broker, bring my whole company over. So now we're up to 38 people. Okay. Yeah. And 600%
0: growth overnight. That's good. That's good.
1: (laughs) And in three weeks, we had 103 agents. Awesome. And then uh, uh, I had said I'd I'd do it for 90 days. And um, then I, you know, did it for a few years, right? And, uh, so anyway, then I became a, uh, I, I fell in love with it. I, you know, I actually had realized that in my world that I was so local, um, I was very well known throughout the state, but what I saw in this platform was the opportunity for everybody to grow. Everybody could be a Stephanie Gilson, everybody, you know, I had been a broker owner for so long collecting, you know, splits off my agents and now each of them had this opportunity to do the exact same thing. And, and one of my newer agents at the time, um, he was part time, he was part time real estate. He had reached out to me and said, Look, I, w- I want to join your company. And this is before EXP. And, and I said, Listen, if you join my company, you have to do exactly what I tell you to do because I can't be responsible for you when you're crying on the phone to me that you haven't made any money. If you listen to what I do, you'll make money. But if you hear it and go do whatever and you're broke, it's not my problem. Like I I'm, I'm too old now, even though I was late thirties, I felt too old, too old to screw with people that weren't willing to put in the effort, right? You have to be willing to put in that effort. And if you're willing to put in the effort by God, I'll work with you. And so we joined exp um 6 months in he messaged me and he said this is the best thing ever i'm so glad i followed you the the whole the, the first year at exp he paid off his house he paid off his house nice and so these stories are resonating you know february 5th of 2018 there were 6618 agents at the exp realty yeah 6,618 6, agents, every total, total in, in, in all places, Canada and the U.S. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia wasn't even open yet. Uh, West Virginia was opened in September of 2018. I went there and got that done. So I fell in love with the simple fact that I didn't realize this, Phil, but I was bored in my past life. I'm making money. I'm a developer. I owned a building company. Still do all these things, but I was, I was bored. I had never figured out. I think what I lost in life was the fact that, okay, what if I graduated college, went on and did law school like I was supposed to, elevated to senior partner, found out what corporate life was like, right? I became an entrepreneur the day I was an adult. So I missed out on how do you climb some kind of a ladder. So I found this new thing that I didn't even know I was missing. And I fell in love with the simple fact that something this amazing could change so many people's lives and build wealth that it fueled me in a way i would never felt before. And that's why I work here in a corporate position because I love it when the agents reach out to me with a problem or with the great stuff that's happening because yeah. that is the new, it's the new thing. Like, I think that the day that, that I decide that I'm retired, it's because I feel complete.
0: Yeah. So you're, you came aboard and there was no EXP commercial. Like you were a commercial Not at all. You were a commercial peg in a residential hole, I guess. is at, that right?
1: <laughs> you know, it was so funny because it was like, you know, Here's, I'm allowed to say
0: that on, on.
1: Of course, of course. No, but here's but here's what was so cool about it is, is that the platform itself. I was like, okay, this can work no matter what you're selling. Okay, I'm not going to utilize some of the tools that EXP Realty provides, but this will work. This will work, and one day there will become a need for that. And so everybody from Glenn to um, uh, a couple of the presidents to Jason to you know. They knew what my wheelhouse was, and so when these conversations started about doing commercial real estate, it was February. It was February of 2020 when we started having some some conversations, and 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 I can't even say the person's name anymore. But um, you know, they knew that this was this was this was my wheelhouse, and so they brought me in very early to to look at how this, this can happen and how it can maneuver. And, you know, think about it. I was tasked with, okay, we have to open a brand new brokerage in all 50 States. No problem. I know how to do that. So that's what we did. I mean, I look at Jim Wong, our our president (coughs) at EXP commercial, and I say, we've done in, in a year and a half, we've done 10 years worth of work to move that fast and do what we've done.
0: How many States are you opening now? All 50. All 50. No, yeah, wow. we
1: have we have been. It took us, it took us almost a year to get them open. And that honestly, the slow of that was because of COVID. You know, we were doing all this during COVID. So many governments were closed and not in the office that it was taking, you know, some states I could get open online in a in a matter of six hours, and then other states took months for them to process paperwork um, because of COVID. And so we're doing all this, you know, throughout COVID, we're demoing tools, we're hiring third party market research company to gather data for us to make sure that we build the value prop that not only is obvious, having a cap, having revenue share, having a way to earn ownership in a company, that's the given, right? Like that is a no brainer. It doesn't exist in the commercial space whatsoever. That we knew was going to be awesome. But to put the technology with it so that a junior or an experienced senior level commercial practitioner could come in and have everything necessary to truly scale their business. But then also looking at all the brands out there going, wait, they don't have any of this stuff. Well, hey, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with the industry. They're still in the 20th century let's bring commercial real estate into the 21st century. Let's build relationships with every technology that we need to have in order for us, you know, we didn't want to build a brokerage of numbers, right? When when I say that we're in that top 12 of licensee count, well, we also are in production level, right? I mean, we don't want to have a bunch of licenses being hung, we want to see them producing, we want to make sure that we're providing the training, the, the, the right development, the right technology for them to truly scale in this industry. And that's exactly why we've, we've grown as fast as we've grown.
0: I love it. I, uh, I, I've seen you now present multiple times. You've been on um, three-way Zoom calls with me and other commercial agents that are, that are, that are coming over to eXp Commercial. I, I'm glad that you took the time to sit down and chat with us today and the fact that I get to answer, ask questions on Monday because like I, I just can't help it I want to dive into the co-star conversation I know that like every time I've heard you explain the the data set that eXp is after and how it trumps or how it um dwarfs the yeah. the data sets that are out there I I'm always fascinated by those conversations thank you Absolutely. for taking the time to come and chat with us today thank I am if anybody's interested in joining the live Q&A, click the link below in the comment section or in the, in the comments of YouTube or on the show notes on the podcast. But Stephanie, let's do it again on Monday, but let's get into the tools. I want to know now, I got your story. I know you're a badass. <laughs> now, I, if I'm not a badass, but I want to get into commercial real estate and I want to be a commercial real estate badass, then I know I've got more questions for you. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us next week as well. Thank you, you listeners that are thank out you. there. Appreciate it. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up. Anything I miss, Lena? Without my co host here today, I feel like I got nobody to bounce anything off of, but we're good. <laughs> Talk to you guys later.